0: This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Today I have for you Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich's vision of Abraham and Melchizedek in what looks remarkably like the first Mass. Now it's not a Mass, For what does a Mass do? At a Mass we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Blessed Lord Jesus Christ truly present in the sacrament that you receive and that is not what was happening here. It was a blessing of the bread. But you see how this bread of heaven, this blessed bread, figures so importantly in the events that would follow, including Abraham's vision of the or visitation by angels who then gave him his his mission in life and told him about what would come for his progeny. I'm curious what you think of this, so let me know after it's all done. Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich's vision of Melchizedek and Abraham. I often saw Melchizedek with Abraham. He appeared to him in the same way as did the angels at different times. Once he commanded him a triple sacrifice of doves and other birds, and he prophesied concerning that city destroyed by God in the Old Testament and Lot. He told him that he would come to him again to sacrifice bread and wine, and he indicated to him also for what he should pray to God. Abraham was full of reverence before Melchizedek, and he eagerly awaited the promised sacrifice. As a preparation for it, he built a very beautiful altar and surrounded it with an arbor. When about to come for the sacrifice of bread and wine, Melchizedek sent messengers to command Abraham to make his coming known and to announce him as the king of Salem. Abraham went out to meet him. He knelt before him and received his blessing. This took place in a valley southward from the fertile vale that lies toward Gaza. Melchizedek came from the region where Jerusalem afterwards stood. He had with him a very nimble animal of a gray color. It had a short, broad neck, and it was laden on both sides. On one was a vessel of wine, flat on the side that lay against the beast. On the other was a box containing rows of flat oval loaves. Likewise, the chalice that I afterward saw used at the Last Supper for the institution of the blessed sacrament. He had cups in the shape of little barrels. These vessels were neither of gold nor silver, but transparent as of brownish precious stones. They did not appear to me to have been fabricated by man. They looked as if they had grown. The impression made by Melchizedek was similar to that produced by the Lord during his teaching life. He was very tall and slight, remarkably mild and earnest. He wore large Long garment so white and shining that it reminded me of the white raiment that surrounded the Lord at his transfiguration. Abraham's white garment was quite dingy compared with it. He wore also a girdle with letters similar to that worn later by the temple high priests, and like them, his head was covered with a small Gothic mitre during the sacrifice. His hair was shining yellow like the long glittering strands of silk, and his countenance was luminous. Upon Melchizedek's arrival, he found the king of the city destroyed by God in the Old Testament, already with Abraham in his tent. And around were numbers of people with animals, sacks, and chests. All were very grave and solemn, full of reverence for Melchizedek, whose presence inspired awe. He stepped to the altar, which was a kind of tabernacle, wherein he placed the chalice. There was also a recess in it, I think, for the sacrifice. Abraham had laid upon the altar the bones of Adam, which Noah had, had in the ark. They now prayed before them that God would fulfill the promise made to Adam of a future Messiah. Melchizedek spread upon the altar first a red cover, which he had brought with him, and over that a white transparent one. The ceremony reminded me of the Holy Mass. I saw him elevate the bread and wine, offer, bless, and break. He reached to Abraham the chalice used afterward at the Last Supper in order that he might drink. All the rest of those present drank from the little vessels, which were handed around by Abraham and the most distinguished personages. The bread, too, was passed around in morsels larger than those given at Holy Communion in the early times. I saw these morsels shining. They had only been blessed, not consecrated. The angels cannot consecrate. All that particular food were filled with new life and drawn nearer to God. Melchizedek gave bread and wine to Abraham, the former more luminous than that received by the others. Abraham derived from it great strength and such energy of faith that later on, at the command of God, he did not hesitate to offer his child of promise. He prophesied in these words, "This is not what Moses upon Sinai gives the Levites. I know not whether Abraham is also offered the sacrifice of bread and wine, but I do know that the chalice from which he drank was the same used by Jesus at the institution of the most holy sacrament." When Melchizedek, at the sacrifice of bread and wine, blessed Abraham, he, at the same time, ordained him a priest. He spoke over him the words, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou my right hand. Thou art a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord hath sworn, and he will not repent. He laid his hands upon Abraham, and Abraham gave him tithes. I understood the deep signification of Abraham's giving tithes after his ordination, but the reason of its importance I no longer recollect. I also saw David, when composing this psalm, had a vision of Abraham's ordination by a Melchizedek, and that he repeated the last words prophetically. The words, sit thou at my right hand, have a peculiar significance. When the eternal generation of the Son from the Father was shown to me in vision, I saw the Son issuing from the right hand of the Father as a luminous form surrounded by a triangle, as the eye of God is depicted. In the upper corner I saw the Holy Ghost, but it is inexpressible. I saw that Eve came from the right side of God, that the patriarchs carried the blessing in their right side, that they placed their children to whom they delivered it upon their right. Jesus received the stroke of the lance in his right side, and the church came forth from the same right side. When we enter the church, we go into the right side of Jesus, and we are in him united to his heavenly Father. I think that Melchizedek's mission upon earth was ended after this sacrifice and the ordination of Abraham, for after that I saw him no more. The chalice with the six cups he delivered to Abraham. Abraham sat in front of his tent under a large tree by the roadside. He was in prayer. He often sat thus waiting to show hospitality to travelers. As he prayed, he raised his eyes to heaven and saw, as in a sunbeam, an apparition from God that announced to him the coming of the three men of white. He arose and sacrificed a lamb on the altar before which I saw him kneeling in ecstasy, begging for the redemption of mankind. The altar stood to the right of the large tree in a tent open at top further on was a second tent in which the vessels and other utensils for sacrifice were kept it was to this last that abraham generally retired when superintending the shepherds who dwelt around here still further on and on the opposite side of the road was the tent of sarah and her household the females always lived apart abraham's sacrifice was almost accomplished when he held the three angels appear on the high road and they came in their girded garments one after another. An even distance between them. Abraham hurried out to meet them. Bowing low before God, he saluted them and led them to the tent of the altar. Here they let down their garments and commanded Abraham to kneel. I saw the wonderful things that now happened to Abraham through the ministry of the angels. He was in ecstasy, and all the angels were rapid, as is usual in such states. He heard the first angel announce to Abraham as he knelt that God would bring forth from his posterity a sinless and immaculate maiden, who while remaining an inviolate virgin should be the mother of the redeemer and he was now to receive what abraham or what adam rather had lost through sin then the angel offered him a shining morsel and made him drink a luminous fluid out of a little cup after that he blessed him drawing his right hand in a straight line down abraham's forehead then from the right and the left shoulder respectively down under the breast where the three lines of the blessing united then with both hands the angel held something like a little luminous cloud toward Abraham's breast. I saw it entering into him, and I felt as if he were receiving the blessed sacrament. The second angel told Abraham that he should before his death impart the mystery of this blessing to Sarah's firstborn in the same way that he had himself received it. He informed him also that his future grandson, Jacob, would be the father of twelve sons from whom twelve tribes should spring. The angel told him also that this blessing would be withdrawn from Jacob, but that after Jacob had become a nation, it should again be restored and placed in the Ark of the Covenant as a holy thing belonging to the whole nation. It should be theirs as long as they gave themselves to prayer. The angel explained to Abraham that on account of the wickedness of men, the mystery would be removed from the Ark and confided to the patriarchs, and that at last it would be given over to a man who would be the father of the promised virgin. I heard also in this promise that by six prophetesses and through star pictures it had been made known to the heathens that the redemption of the world should be accomplished through a virgin. All this was made known to Abraham in his vision, and he saw the virgin appear in the heavens, an angel hovering at her right and touching her lips with a branch. From the mantle of the virgin issued the church. The third angel foretold to Abraham the birth of Isaac. I saw Abraham so full of joy over the promised holy virgin. the vision he had of her that he gave no thought to isaac and i think that this same promise made the command he subsequently received to sacrifice isaac easy to him after these holy communications i saw first the entertainment of the angels and then the laughing of sarah i saw abraham escorting the angels at their departure and i heard him supplicating for the city that god would eventually destroy in the old testament when abraham awoke from ecstasy he led the angels under the tree and placed stools around it The angel sat down, and he washed their feet. Then Abraham hurried to Sarah's tent to tell her to prepare a meal for his guests. This she did, and, veiling herself, she carried it halfway to them. The meal over, Abraham accompanied the angels a short distance on their journey. It was then that Sarah heard them speak to him of the birth of a son. She had approached them behind the enclosure of the tent. She laughed. I saw a number of doves tame as hens before the tents. The meal consisted of the same kind of birds, round loaves and honey. Abraham, at his departure from Chaldea, had already received the mystery of blessing from an angel, but it was given to him in a veiled manner, and was more like a pledge of fulfillment of the promise that he should be the father of an innumerable people. Now, however, the mystery was resuscitated in him by the angels, and he was enlightened upon it. And that was Abraham's vision of the angels, preceded by, or rather, <laughs> Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich's vision of Abraham and the angels. And that was preceded by her vision of what sounds remarkably like a mass, though, strictly speaking, was not a mass, but of a blessing of the bread that would become the model for the mass later on for through, of course, the actions of Melchizedek and Abraham. And you see how the the, sort of the bread of heaven is inseparably linked to the other events in Abraham's life, leading to the founding of the nations and of the tribes. It's an interesting vision. It is, of course, private revelation, so you are, of course, not required to believe it if you don't need to. But it is interesting nonetheless. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.